Hello friends, and welcome to the ninth episode and season two of our podcast, Allegedly Okay. I'm Amy. And I'm Rose. Today, we're starting another season, which might turn into a mini-series about how to cope with things. For this episode specifically, we'll be talking about heartbreak. So what inspired today's episode? So my friend Armadillo, she knows who she is. I told her her code name ahead of time. has just experienced her first true heartbreak with someone she was with for two, three years. I forget. He broke up with her unexpectedly. How unexpectedly is this? Um, I expected it, but that... Just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. She's gonna text me because you say that. <laughs> Anyways, she called me crying, saying how he ended things, and how she knew it was over when she walked into this room and all of their pictures were taken down. Even the custom calendar that she made for him. She made him a custom calendar? Yeah, of all their memories. And she cried. She's like, I can't believe he took down our calendar. That's cute, but that's sad. Yeah, this is why you have to wait until at least five years to make someone a calendar. (laughs) Five years. (laughs) So I've been... trying my best to be supportive of her and her relationship throughout the past couple of years because I wanted her to be happy and I hoped that things would improve and sometimes it did. She would say, oh yeah, he changed, like he listened to my suggestions. But then all the issues would come back and sometimes she wouldn't tell me because she knew I would say I'm right. And I've been trying to comfort her but honestly, I remember being a mess during my first heartbreaks. So I can understand, even though I can say, like, get over it, you know? You'll be fine. Look at me. I turned out okay, kind of. But I know that it's better said than done. So I thought it would make her feel better if she heard what happened to me. All right, let's hear it. I'm embarrassed about it now, and will probably be embarrassed about it forever whenever I think about it. But I was 14. A literal child. Still going through puberty at that point. And if you listened to our past podcast episode, what's it called? Do you remember? Maybe the second one. Is that the one about toxic relationships? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you listen to that episode or you just know who I am, then you probably know who I'm talking about. So me and this person, he who shall not be named... Mm-hmm. At that point, that was our first breakup was the only one that I remember hurting a lot because all of our breakups after that was like, oh, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I remember I was in a lot of pain, like unimaginable pain. <laughs> and I'm embarrassed to think about how much I was hurting. But, you know, that's life. You learn and you grow. But at that point, I did not grow and I did not learn. But it's okay. You were young. Yeah, I was young, but I wish I listened to my friends. Anyways, we broke up because I think at that point, we were constantly fighting, and he is the type of person to make very offensive jokes, making a lot of fat jokes, or saying the N-word, or saying a lot of homophobic slurs, and say that was just his sense of humor. So that's who he was. And this specific fight that triggered the breakup was him making a fat joke about me and think about like oh when you're 14 you're going through a lot of changes with your body and you're like surrounded by all of these things in media so obviously I was very sensitive about it and we had this huge fight and he broke up with me and at that point I thought that I was in love with this person and still wanted to be with them it was really embarrassing for me to think about it 
after that or even now because I literally begged for him to stay with me because I had such low self-esteem and didn't believe that anyone else would ever want to date me. So I went out of my way to somehow get this person to date me again. And that was my biggest mistake in life. To this day, I regret getting back together that first time because I feel like if I just cut it off, I could have saved myself so much stress Mm -hmm. and headache and pain if I just stuck to that first breakup. Imagine how much more fun I could have been having. Yeah, but then do you think you would have met who you're with now? Or do you think you would have gone through all these other things that happened that have benefited your life? I'm not saying that it was worth it. But if you had stuck with that breakup, who knows? I know. That's the thing. You're just, that's what your decisions make. But FYI, this doesn't mean, especially to Armadillo, this doesn't mean that you should get back together. Absolutely with them. not. <laughs> that's do not. not. What that's not what we're saying. But for my specific circumstance, it's different. Maybe we would have ended up together, me and my person right now, because, you know, I before we were dating, we were friends for mm-hmm. a long time. So, you know, you never know. Anyways, when we actually did decide to break up, me and my ex, I think the very last thing that he asked me was, when did you stop loving me? And I was like, um, a long time ago. But now when I think about it, I don't think I loved him. I just loved the idea of having a boyfriend at that age. And because I always felt lonely and having a boyfriend compensated for that. But I know better than that now allegedly yeah so I actually didn't even realize how bad I had it with my ex until I started dating someone new who was the complete opposite of my ex you know so I mean I tried to tell my friend Armadillo that it will be different once you meet someone else not saying that you have to meet someone else to feel completely different but take it from me and from my experiences and from everyone around you like You shouldn't have to constantly beg for someone to love you the way you want to be loved. Like, yes, of course, relationships can be hard and couples fight. I have fights with my boyfriend, but I feel like she was always asking for the bare minimum. And he would gaslight her to believe that it was too much and that he was doing enough. Because when she would tell me about how he would apologize, he would say like, oh, I'm sorry that you feel that way. Or like, oh, I'm no. sorry that I made you feel like I'm not doing enough. Like that non-apologies. Kind of yeah. I don't think she even realized that he was gaslighting her until I was like, that's not an apology, mm-hmm. you know? For someone to do that to you, that's not love. Even if you think that that's how that person is showing love, it's not What's an example of a good apology? Let's say that you forgot that you were going to go do something with your friend or your significant other. How would you fix that? For me, I would just say, I'm sorry that I did that. Like directly address the action that you did wrong instead of saying, oh, I'm sorry that you thought Mm -hmm. blah, blah. You know what I'm saying? And then to add to that, once you apologize, you have to have a concrete way that you're gonna do something to show that you are actually sorry and that you want to fix it so you can say i'm sorry that i didn't meet this plan or obligation that we both agreed on let's try to reschedule for this day does that work Mm -hmm. i think what caused my friend armadillo to forgive her ex 
is because he would say that he would change. Mm -hmm. And sometimes he did, or most of the times he would actually change, Mm -hmm. but then it will slowly revert back to the issues that they had before. So, I don't know. Actually, if you're going to apologize and say you're going to change, maybe actually stick to it Mm -hmm. and not have the other person constantly remind you or beg you to do it. I think when they broke up, I'm not quite sure, but I think he just made it seem like he was exhausted of trying for her. And I don't know, me personally, maybe I'm biased because she's my close friend, but I feel like he never actually tried hard enough. Mm -hmm. And when he did, it was because she had to ask him or like they actually have to fight for like fight each other until he compromised and was like, yeah, yeah, fine. I'll change because you want me to. It's really sad because people deserve to be loved in the way that they want to be loved Mm -hmm. and that's not a big ask yeah and i also told her like oh maybe one of the reasons why you felt like you constantly had to ask him to do the bare minimum is because your love languages are different Mm -hmm. but i don't know there's a lot more to it but that could just be the start yeah she's going through a lot right now i'm i told her i'll give her a month be sad about it (laughs) (laughs) Gosh, she has things to do. That's true. Degrees to get, Mm -hmm. you know? And he does too, so I just have to wait for her to go through the grieving process because, you know, that's what you have to go through when you lose someone. I literally said, I'll give you a month. No, I said I'll give you, like, three days. (laughs) I think that's what you told me too. Yeah. (laughs) I give all my friends three days to get over it. Does that happen? Uh. no <laughs> no i just say it so then i they'll know but you know what's funny is that like i told her i was like if you get back together with him i'm not gonna talk to you for a solid year and when i got back together with my ex rose didn't talk to me for that long so that's what i'm doing to you yeah but also it was a whole bunch of other things because of that relationship you were not yourself i know toxic relationships mm-hmm Refer back to episode two. <laughs> In case you missed it. In case you missed it. What happened? So let's move on to Rose. She's been through, I was going to say a lot, but not really. <laughs> yeah, I haven't, I don't think that I've actually experienced like true heart-wrenching heartbreak since I was never with anybody for that long. Like considering how long people have been with their partners I think my relationship right now is the longest one I've been in. Yeah, I think, I remember you saying, like, uh, well, you say this all the time, but you're like, I could never recover from this. <laughs> like, if you and your current boyfriend broke up, you're like, I could never recover. I'm like, why are you thinking about that? Well, I didn't say it. <laughs> you brought it up. <laughs> yeah, because I'm like, oh, I can't even imagine. Because, wait, did you talk about it? Are you going to talk about it? Like, that one week? Where, like, you guys... I guess I, I can talk about it. I wasn't planning on talking about it, but <laughs> You were on hiatus. About... Okay, break. yeah. So, what had happened was... <laughs> we were talking and things were going really well, but then all of a sudden... I still don't really understand the reason for this going, now. like, personal, like... Yeah. It wasn't you. I don't think it was you. He started not being as responsive and going from, like, replying super often to not really saying much... And then flaking on plans that we had. I mean, it was the peak COVID. So I was understanding. But then I forgot what happened. I think I said something along the lines of, do you still like me? Should this still be happening? But also you guys were like dating, dating. Like you were still in that talking Yeah, the talking phase, yeah. And he said something like, 
yeah, I'm not feeling it so much anymore. I think you feel the same. And I was like, no, I, I don't like, feel d- that way. Like, but okay. Put that on me. <laughs> and so we stopped talking. And I was really sad because this is the first time that I actually connected with somebody or so I thought because with my previous ex you know how that went referred to (laughs) to (laughs) episode two so I was really down about it but you know we we talked it out it was just a lot of factors that made things confusing but we're great now it's been over a year yeah and that hasn't happened again I think it's just something happened but we don't know about I'll ask him next time. Okay. (laughs) What happened that one week in December? Was it December? No, I think it was October. Oh, sorry. Yeah, that's why I'm like, I can't even imagine. Like, you were so depressed when you guys weren't even dating, dating. That's how the conversation was brought up. And I was like, I can't even imagine if you guys actually... Yeah. Anyway, (laughs) now that I'm thinking about it some more and we're doing some deep dives into the past, into our archives of our life, my <laughs> my first heartbreak, my only heartbreak <laughs> that was like the ones where you see in the movies, they're like sobbing, they're so sad. You sobbed? Okay, I, I teared up a lot, you know? Oh. No, I didn't know. <laughs> I was really sad. I didn't know. Now you know. <laughs> yeah, only 10 years too late. <laughs> well, because it doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> It happened also when I was 14. I was talking to this guy that had been in the peripherals at our church. <laughs> and we started talking and had really nice conversations and shared a lot of personal fears or struggles and things like that. It was, you know, your teenage romance where we were super happy to have a confidant. Anyway, I decided that I would tell my parents about him because I already met his parents and we had talked a little because back in those days, we would Skype every night. Oh, you did? Yeah. Why did you tell me nothing? (laughs) There was a lot going... You had a lot going on. That's true. That's true. So when I told my parents, my dad... He told me I couldn't date. I had to focus (laughs) on school. It was this whole thing. Very dramatic. And when I told this person, he told me that he would wait for me. And I was on board with him not having to wait for me because I didn't have those kinds of expectations for anybody. I didn't want to like tie them down to something that wasn't actually anything. But he really insisted and told me that I was worth it and that he could wait until we were both out of high school and, you know, I felt really good and happy and like, oh my gosh, this is the best thing ever. Love. <laughs> Love? I was 14. <laughs> anyway, one week later, he texted me. He didn't call. He didn't give me the courtesy of a Skype call and told me that he couldn't be in a, quote, dating, not dating relationship, unquote. And I told him that I understood, but that it really sucked And at that point, I had already reframed my mindset so that I had something to look forward to. But when he flipped the switch on me, that was rough. (laughs) And the worst part, one week after he told me he couldn't do the dating, non-dating relationship, I heard he had a new girlfriend through the grapevine. And then I saw him with her at church while I was studying with my friends. (laughs) My heart 
I could feel it drop to my stomach and it felt like, I don't know, a really bad stomach ache. Worse than my period cramps. And you know those are bad. Hey, Siri, play traitor. (laughs) And I think the only reason I got to that point in the first place is because when you really want to get to know somebody, you start to get really vulnerable with everything that's going on in the background. And when somebody decides that they don't want to be there with you anymore, that just sucks. And so I listened to a lot of Taylor Swift and cried, as you now know. What Taylor Swift songs? Maybe Story of Us, (laughs) (laughs) Teardrops of My Guitar, Uh 15. (laughs) You're the reason for (laughs) tears. Yeah. And with that being said, I learned that sometimes you really just need to cry out all your feelings, but you can't let that take over your day-to-day because it doesn't serve you to be stuck in those negative feelings. Like, you need to know that they're there and that they exist and that they happened, but you should be able to move on. And sometimes... It'll sneak in here and there. Like, I think a few years later, I would still feel those pangs of sadness. Like, ah, Yeah, especially when he, like, shows up out of nowhere. That's true. He was always around. I know. (laughs) No, and then I remember this one time we were at uh, our confirmation camp stuff. Mm -hmm. I forgot what it's called. It's like a retreat, and I had to go with him because he was in our class. Mm -hmm. Not your class. We were in my class. Yeah, yeah. And then I was, like, sitting by myself because I didn't have friends. And he came up to me. He's like, so how's Rose doing? And I was like, why do you care? I literally (laughs) said, don't worry about it. She's fine. And then then I found out years later that while he was, like, asking me about you, he's, like, hooking up with that girl at the Jesus camp. I (laughs) I forgot about that. Oh, my God. I mean, you dodged a bullet, though. Yeah, I did. I did. I think my dad did (laughs) save me from that heartbreak. (laughs) I literally told my friend Armadillo that, yeah, you dodged a bullet. And she said, what if I want to be hit by that bullet? (laughs) I've never wanted to smack someone, a friend, so hard in my life. Like, I know she's going through it. I was like, damn, girl, he just broke up with you like 25 minutes ago. I don't want any of my friends being hit by bullets. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, snap out of it. Point is, you can find so much more happiness outside of what you are experiencing right now and what you have experienced I think you just have to let yourself get there but I know that's hard so maybe we should look into some resources that you can look at if you need a little help handling your heartbreak Amy so I've been doing a little research and by little I mean five minutes before we started recording (laughs) And I came across this article from Scientific American, and they said that a recent study in the Journal of Experimental Psychology examined cognitive and behavioral strategies for recovering from heartbreak. So the premise of the study was that to recover from heartbreak, we need to diminish our feelings of love for our ex-partner. And the study examined three kinds of emotional regulation strategies to see which of them would help heartbroken subjects reduce their love feelings. You hear that, Armadillo? I'm reading this out for you. <laughs> <laughs> so in the first condition, subjects focused on negative reappraisals 
of their ex-partner. So responding to prompts about the ex's annoying habits or whatever they disliked about them. In the second condition, they were asked to reframe their loving feelings as less problematic. So by endorsing prompts such as, it's okay to love someone I'm no longer with. And the last condition is to use distractions. So to just ask the subject about their favorite food, their favorite color, blah, 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 stuff like that. And the study found that only negative reappraisals were truly effective in reducing love feelings. So you got to talk trash about them? Yeah. Well, the thing is, they're like, yeah, talk trash. But then the study showed that it also made a lot of unpleasantness come up from that person. Mm. So, so you want to think about the negative aspects, but reflect on them in a way where you're healing and not just ragging on someone. Yeah, exactly. Be like actually think about the negative things and how it made you feel and why it's a good thing that you decided to take that break or decided to separate yourself from that person because if you're just like yeah he was a jerk i hate him he did this this and that it's gonna make you a bitter person i would know because i do that to everything i'm very bitter (laughs) we don't want to be bitter so yeah that's just one article that i found but i'm pretty sure there's more and rose is gonna chime in with a couple of affordable resources i guess i don't know i have no resources i know i don't have any resources either it's just i asked my friend i was like oh are you still talking to your therapist but you know therapy is so inaccessible to so many people yeah when i was trying to i guess get therapy i reached out to my primary care provider during my annual checkup and she told me that she could refer me to somebody like in the network But then I didn't hear anything back from them for over three months. And one day in the middle of work, in the heat of summer, when I was struggling, I got a voicemail and they told me that I had until the end of the month to use my referral and that I had to schedule an appointment before it would expire. I think it was a week before the end of the month. And at that point, when I didn't need it as much anymore because the things that were making me feel that way were a non-issue and then two the process to even call and be rerouted through all the different offices and jump through all those different hoops was and still is really time consuming and I didn't have that time to spare so ultimately it was just really hard to access any kind of care and thankfully I haven't been in a mental headspace where I need that immediate attention but I know overall I would benefit from therapy and that probably goes for everybody. It's just really hard to even get there in the U.S. Yeah, I'm just waiting to get into school so I can use the free resources. Yeah, I feel like that was one of my biggest regrets because whenever you go to school, they're like, oh yeah, we have all these counselors, like talk to us. I regret so much not actually utilizing that. You know, I knew somebody that tried to get help and I think they only were able to get one session. It was half an hour, and then they weren't a really good match. So she kept on having to try and try again until she found some other provider and therapist that she really meshed with. And even that, that took, like, over a year. Mm -hmm. So it's hard. Yeah. It's, like, so much trial and error to look for a therapist, you know? And just try to be your best self. Yeah. That's sad. That's a sad note. Yeah, no, we're not going to end on a sad note. But 
I feel like if you have a good community of support around you in your your friends, maybe your family, maybe some coworkers or some mentors, they can really help you work through any negative feelings that you might have about yourself or hopefully convince you that you aren't like unworthy of being loved because you absolutely are exactly wow that was amazing that wasn't even on our script (laughs) thank you i I haven't had therapy but i've been having leadership coaching sessions through work okay see it's it's paying off already it's free (laughs) (laughs) anyway i guess that's all for today so thank you for listening to this episode of allegedly okay how to cope with heartbreak (laughs) so follow us on our social medias but i i'm so bad i'm a bad social media manager yeah what have you been up to (laughs) just kidding i know what you've been up to (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna try my best um if we get more downloads maybe yeah because all of our followers are our friends yeah there's nothing wrong with that it's like we're talking to them but they're just not here yeah so they know what's happening without us having to have the same conversation i don't know five times (laughs) so follow us on twitter tiktok and instagram at allegedly okay oh and you said that if any of our friends or listeners have anything that they want to talk about or any experiences that they want to relate to they should just tell us oh yeah yeah, we're, we're open to suggestions. Yeah. DM us. We've been through a lot. Yes. <laughs> cool. Cool. Okay, bye. <laughs>